Hallelujah. Good morning, everybody. It's a beautiful, beautiful day out there, ain't it? Or isn't it? Nice and white, pure. Like our God, he's pure. That's so awesome. You know, the scripture this morning is out of Psalms 95, verses 1, 2, and 3. And I like the, the heading of it. It says, it's time to sing. I was like, when I seen it this morning, I'm like, wow. Then there's a couple other words in there that I think is really kind of cool. It says, to shout. It didn't say to sing like this. It says, to shout. You know, we're supposed to get excited about Jesus, right? And I'm excited about it. It says, in uh, verse 1, it says, Come on, everyone, let's sing for joy to the Lord. Let's shout our loudest praises to our God who saved us. Hallelujah, he saved us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul. Hallelujah. And then in uh, number two, it says, everyone come meet his face with a thankful heart. Don't hold back your praises. Make him great by your shouts of joy. Man, ain't that awesome for our for shouts of joy? And then number three is, for the Lord is the greatest of all. Hallelujah, yes he is. King God over all other gods. He is the only one. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Can you shout, thank you Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord God, we ask you to have your way in this place today, Lord. Lord, minister to our hearts, I pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. of me, that you hear me when I call. Is it true that you are thinking of me, how you love me? It's amazing. I am a friend of God. I am a friend
when temptation comes my way. And when I cannot stand, I'll fall on you. Cause Jesus, you're my hope and stay. And when I cannot stand, I'll fall on you. Cause Jesus, you're my hope and stay. Oh, yes, you are. Yeah. 
give myself to you. My life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself, give myself to you. I have 
just want to thank you for this day, Lord, and I just, Lord, we give you all the glory and the honor, and I pray right now, Father, for all those who are sick in body, Father, that you would reach your hands down and bring them a special touch of healing right where they're at. Father, we just stand together and we come against every form of cancer and leukemia and brain tumors in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we know your word says that by your stripes we are healed. And we stand together, whether it's our families or our neighbors or those in our communities, Father, our hospitals are full. And Lord, we are pleading right now for your healing, miraculous touch. Father, you are the only cure, Father, that we all need. Lord, we just continue to pray for those who are battling the coronavirus, that you would bring us deliverance from this demonic spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, reach your hands down, touch all those who are even might be here and might be feeling pain in their body. Lord, we're thankful that we don't have to suffer, that you, you hold nothing from us, Father. You gave Jesus for our benefit, for our healing and our strength. Lord, touch all those who might be hurting in their hearts, touch those who are hurting in their bodies, Lord. Bring your healings, bring deliverances from all drugs and alcohol, Father, to our children and our grandchildren, our siblings, Lord, to our communities, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Father, we're asking right now. We are never too busy to take time, Father, just to appreciate and take advantage of that that you have given unto us, that healing, that power and authority. We want to thank you today, Lord, because you already know what we need before we even speak a word. And no matter what's going on in our world, Father, you love us enough to even just stop and just speak to us and encourage us and uplift us. Lord, I pray your precious Holy Spirit continue to fall. Heal those who are sick in body that might be watching from live stream. Those who weren't able to make it here today, Father, we're asking that you bring them healing, Father, in the name of Jesus. We are so grateful for your healing and your deliverances. And we claim that, we speak that, that is not as if it is. We stand on your word. We will see people come in and being delivered from the Indians, Father. We will see limbs grow back because we believe in you. Not that we are anything. I am nothing but your hands and feet. Because you, God, are great. You are the healer of all diseases, all sicknesses. You are the way maker, Father. When mountains stand before us, you will, they can be cast in the seas. Father, nothing can stop you. And right now, Father, we surrender all sicknesses, all diseases, those who are going to have surgeries in this week. Father, let your hands be upon the surgeons, Lord, and those in the hospitals. Again, let your will be done. Your will be done, Jesus. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. As you prepare your tithes and offering, God is good, amen? And he is so gracious unto us. <laughs> I'm going to read you some scripture from, um, let me find it, sorry, Luke uh, chapter 6. It says in verse 38, give and it shall be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use it, will be, it will be measured to you. How many do you know you cannot outgive God? No matter what it is, even if it was, it was just a dollar, whatever we give or do unto the Lord, he will bless us in return. I said that to the boys this week, the work we do for the one lady, that, you know, we can even do that as a, we're given, we're given unto the Lord. 
And so we are honored to give to the Lord what he has blessed us with. Amen. If you guys want to come. For those of you online, um, there is the Tidely app you can go to if you would like to give. So, Father, we want to just thank you for this offering, for those who have to give and those who don't. Father, I pray you would take it and bless it to the needs of the church, and may it go further than what we could ever imagine. May it be used to continue the furthering of your kingdom. Again, I pray your blessings upon the people who are watching and who are here. Lord, bless us, I pray, in the name of Jesus, and let your spirit continue to flow. In Jesus' name, amen. God is good, and all the time. Open your Bibles, if you will, with me, to the book of Hebrews. By the way, our children are dismissed to Children's Church, uh, so children, you may be dismissed at this time. Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, Chapter 13. My, uh, the old joke in the house that my wife always says is that um, I can get up to make my own coffee because the Bible says I can. I said, you know, well, why? Because the Bible says Hebrews. So I'm sorry, that was an old, old joke. Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. If you're having a hard time finding chapter 13, uh, I'll give you a little helpful hint. Uh, chapter 13 is the very last chapter of the book of Hebrews. So there you go. There's a helpful hint. Hebrews chapter 13, beginning with verse number 10. We have an altar. Thereof they have no right to eat, but serve the devil. For the bodies of those beasts whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned without the camp. Wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. So let us go forth, therefore, unto him, without the camp, bearing his reproach. For here have we no continuing city, but we seek one to come. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. Bless it, anoint it, consecrate it into our hearts that we may receive it with great joy as we meditate on it and grow upon it. We ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone say amen. 
we, in my family, many of you may know, we have uh, added an addition to our family. Uh, we now have a brand new family member in our home of the four-legged variety. And, um, you know, as oftentimes when you bring in a brand new member into the family and you bring a new person into the home, uh, there's changes that come about. Adjustments need to be made. Especially when uh, this wonderful four-legged creature is a puppy who does not and is not yet at that place of being properly trained and properly behaved and requires a lot of attention and a lot of diligence in maintaining and correcting that said brand new addition to the family. And one of the challenges in my household that came about as we brought this brand new puppy into our home is that this brand new puppy is required to go outside quite often during the day. Because he needs to be trained for potty purposes. And so, in order to constantly bring the puppy outside and make sure he is doing what he's supposed to be doing, we had to set up a schedule. So that way everyone in the house, every child in the house, knows when it's their turn to take the puppy outside. As parents in this house, you may realize that that is a lot easier said than done. It is a lot easier to be planned out than it is to be followed. And it's amazing the number of excuses that can be made or can be found. It's amazing how creative and intelligent children can become when they are trying to find a way and reason for it to not be their turn to take the, child, the puppy outside as is required. But yet, the puppy has to go outside. The puppy has to be trained. The puppy has to go to do what he has to do outside. And we, as the owners and leaders of that puppy, have to take ownership to bring that dog outside when it is time. Now, I said all that to say this. The author of Hebrews is giving us, while maybe not an illustration of a puppy, he certainly gives us another illustration of somebody who also had to go outside. 
Because the author of Hebrews is trying to encourage the church outside. He's trying to encourage the people of God to go outside. He's trying to encourage the uh, Christians and those who call themselves men and women of God to not just remain stuck inside, but to get outside because you will never be able to bring those outside inside if we don't first go outside from the inside. The church of God was never called to remain indoors. The church was never purposed to remain a sanctuary believers. We were called to go outside. We were called and made and created to go outside. Oh, it's wonderful to come inside at times to be refreshed and to be warmed up and to, and, to, and to feed and to be fed and to get our water and to be refreshed. But we are not made to be indoor creatures. Can I preach right there? You and I were not made to be indoor creatures. We were made to go outside. And the author of Hebrews brought about the great example of Jesus. What greater example can there be than that of Jesus? When it said that in the old tabernacle, as they would bring the blood of the animals inside the sanctuary, and they would pour the blood inside the sanctuary, yet the body of the animals, of the lambs and the goats that were sacrificed there on the altar, they were not able to be kept in the sanctuary. But they had to be brought outside the tabernacle. And they had to be burned outside the tabernacle. And then the author of Hebrews says, likewise, Jesus When he bled and he died on that cross, they had to bring his body outside the gates to the hill called Golgotha. The hill that was located just outside the city. As they led him down the Via Dolorosa to the place of the cross to the hill of the skull as they led him to the place of his death. And Jesus stood on that cross and was placed there outside the city. Oh, how wonderful it is to be Zion! How wonderful it is to be the people of God. I talked about last Sunday about being Zion. You are Zion. And as Zion, you have all the rights and, and, and privileges.
privileges of being in the city of God, of being a member of the city of God, of being placed there in the place where God has chosen and a, a city that he's chosen to be his presence and his habitation therein. How wonderful it is to come into the sanctuary as Zion and there fall under the glory and presence of an almighty powerful God. But God has said, I'm not calling you to stay inside the city. It's great to come in and be refreshed, but now's the time to go outside the gates. It's time to go outside the city. The church is Zion. And we have came here this morning, even on this bad weather Sunday, and yet we've came here to fellowship together, to worship together, to serve God together, to, to, to be in unity in the spirit of the living God. And we came here for those purposes. But now I want to encourage you, as only I can, to stop focusing on what is going on in the house of God. And it's time to take what you get in here back outside in order to win the loss and to see those dying and going to hell on their way to a new city, to the place of glory. Is somebody hearing me this morning? The news media have been bombarded over the past couple of weeks. Even the Christian news media has been bombarded with the idea of false prophets. As many claim that the politics of our country would have gone in a certain way, many pastors have stood behind puppets and they claimed that, that politics would go in a certain direction. And now we find that it did not go in necessarily the direction that they may have spoken it of or may have prophesied of. Listen to me. As a result, there have been many in the Christian world and in the church world that have tried to say that the church has lost its way, lost its path, and have been deceived by false prophets. And there has been a, a huge segment of all about a controversy about whether or not we are called to prophesy and whether or not the church is to be a prophetic people in this day and age. But I came by to let you know that my Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10 14, it says to desire to prophesy. Prophesy all the more. It's time to be a prophetic people, a prophetic church that has a voice in this day and in this age. Does somebody hear me? But understand this. Revelation chapter 19 gives us what we ought to prophesy. It says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. I want to tell this church this morning, it's time to stop being overly concerned with Politics. It's time to stop prophesying about this, that, or the other. It's time to go back to the real foundation of our gospel. It's time to go back to the real foundation of our salvation. And that is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That's Jesus Christ and Him crucified. It's time to preach Jesus. Paul said in Romans, 
chapter 1. Andrew, if you can please come and sit here, please. But in Romans chapter 1, he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. To the Jew, to the Greek, and to all who believe. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Have we become ashamed of Jesus? Has the church gotten to the place where we want to just keep our mouths shut and no longer discuss it? Have we gotten to the place where we lost our boldness and our courage to tell others of Jesus? Saints, I'm not here to denounce this church. I'm not here to condemn this church. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, there is now therefore no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I just want to encourage us this morning. It is time to go outside. The most amazing thing as we train our puppy in our home is whenever we want the dog to go outside and we say it's time to go outside, you know how you do in your home when you have a puppy uh, and all of a sudden you somehow miraculously change your voice and your voice goes up a few keys and as, as you go, you want to go outside puppy? And it's amazing how when you do that, all of a sudden, the puppy begins to wag his tail. They get excited, even though once they get out there and they realize how cold it is outside, they kind of want to change their tune for just a moment. Even though once they get outside, they kind of can whine and, and make emotions as if they want to go back inside. But yet, when you talk to them uh, with a high-pitched voice of a squeal, and you say, you want to go outside, puppy? The puppy begins to wag his tail, and the puppy gets all excited as he says, yes, I want to go outside. Yes, you make it sound so fun. Yes, you make it sound so awesome and amazing. Yes, I would like to do that. If Jesus was to speak to the church today and would say to you and to me, you want to go outside? You want to go to the drunken bars and tell them about Jesus? Oh, come on, church. Come on, church. You want to go to the, to, the, to the bad part of town? Come on, let's go. Let's go. Can we also get excited to go outside the gates? Can we also get excited like a brand new puppy 
to say, yes, I want to go outside the gates. I want to go outside. I don't want to just stay here in my own soft little comfort zone. I don't just want to stay here in the place where I feel safe and I feel wonderful. I want to go to the place where I'm needed. I want to go to the place that God can use me and God can empower me and God can begin to flow through me in order to see the lost come to know Jesus. I want to go outside. I want to go outside. Look with me in Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16, beginning with verse 15. And he said unto them, that's Jesus, Jesus said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Can I say that again? Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Creature. I feel like I need to say that again. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I still don't think all of you are caught what, this, what Jesus is saying here. Let me say it again. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Hallelujah. This is what God is calling the church to. This is his commission. Have we gotten so sidetracked from the commission that we begin to say, well, no, 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 you, you, you see, I, I can just minister to those inside. I just want to minister to those on the inside. I'm just going to preach very transparent this morning because I believe this is what the Lord wants for this church. Years ago, I used to be discouraged by the fact that I had to work two jobs. I had a pastor, and I also had to work another job. I used to be discouraged by that. Until one day I woke up and I was in prayer, crying to the Lord, just saying, God, I need you to grow the church so I can do what you really called me to do. God, I want to do what you called me to do. And it was as if when I was praying that early morning next to the couch, it was as if, and, and, and I tell you this, saints, it was, it, was, it was literally, I felt it. I know there's no one else in the room around me, but I felt it just as real as, as, as if someone was standing right behind me and someone just took a big old backhand and slapped me outside the back of my head while I was sitting there on that couch praying. And it was as if the Holy Spirit said to me, son, you are doing what I want you to do. You are doing what I called you to do. I called you to go and preach the gospel to every creature and you can preach the more in your job than you can in the church. Yeah. 
And I felt as if God said to me, as only the good Lord can. And I love this about God. I don't know your relationship with God, but see, mine's very real. I believe God, as I was there praying, I believe God just spoke this to me in a very loving way. He said, son, get over yourself. Because my commission to you was not to go preach at the church. My commission to you was not to preach on the inside. I didn't call you indoors. I called you outside. I called you to the outdoors. I called you to the outside places. I called you to the places where the people don't want you to come into. I called you to the places where people don't want to hear what you have to say. I called you to the places where nobody really wants to hear the name Jesus, but they need to hear it anyways. I called you to the place where, where, where the people might even stone you if you say the name Jesus, but yet I called you to go there anyways. Because if Jesus could go outside the gate and there be crucified, how much more should you and I be able to go outside our gates, to go outside our comfort zone, to go outside our safety zone where the gates keep us safe, where the gates hold us in? How much more should we go outside our comfort zone in order to bring the good news of Jesus? A pastor, I don't have what it takes to go out there. My one child the other morning was told to take the dog outside. It was early morning. It's winter time here. For those of you maybe watching online, maybe you're sitting there in lovely Florida or California where it's nice and toasty, but here in Michigan, uh, it's snowing outside and, uh, and the early mornings. Uh, can be quite bitterly cold. And so we had this uh, a day here not too long ago where it was very cold, and my one child decided, uh, he was told to take the dog outside, and so they decided that they were not to waste too much time. They were, they were apparently uh, too busy, not sure doing what, doing nothing in reality, but they were apparently too busy uh, to make sure that they got themselves appropriately attired for the weather. They, they didn't have enough time to put socks on. <clears throat> they didn't have enough time to go into the chest where the hats are and the gloves are. And so they just decided, we have the leash, I have two bare feet, I will just take the dog on the leash and go outside. Well, literally two seconds outside and they're back in. Well, why are you in so early? The dog needs to go outside. It's too cold outside. I can't, I can't, I can't take the dog outside. So we're not going to take the dog outside ever again because it's now too cold outside to take the dog outside? No. You want to take the dog out, we got to take the dog out, so we have to go outside. What should you do? Common sense. You need to get yourself properly attired. You need to get yourself dressed up 
for the conditions. You need to get yourself dressed up for the job to which you have been called to do. You need to get yourself properly dressed up and attired and fixed up in order to correctly and efficiently and effectively perform the duties to which you have been summoned to. Hallelujah. We have been commissioned through the great commission of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We have been commissioned to go outside the gates and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to every creature. But I praise God, Jesus didn't say in Mark chapter 16, go and preach the gospel to every creature and, and just go ahead and do it nakedly. Go ahead and do it without anything. Just go ahead and do it with, with, with no help or no resources. No, instead, Jesus says this in Mark 16. He says, and these signs shall follow them that believe in in my name they shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them, and they shall even lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Hallelujah. Jesus didn't say, go outside nakedly, go outside without nothing. He said, no, when you go outside the gates to preach the gospel, I will give signs that will follow you. I will clothe you with power from on high. These signs shall follow them that believe. Jesus was talking to his disciples. And in the book of Matthew, they found themselves in a city called Caesarea Philippi. This area was known to be an area of much demonic activity. This area was known to be an area of much sorcery and witchcraft. It's amazing that Jesus even found himself in this particular region as the Jews would not normally venture into that region. In fact, as we continue to see the life of Jesus, we kind of see that his disciples had to be kind of prodded in order to even follow him into that region. But yet, in the region of Caesarea Philippi, a region known for demonic activity, a region known for being a place of devils and sorcery, a region known for being a place against the Jews, against God's people. There was Jesus. 
Can I just say to the church this morning, oh, I know we may look around and we may say, oh, I don't know if Jesus can ever be found in my family's household. I don't know if Jesus can ever be located in this area of the city. I don't know if Jesus can ever be located in the crack houses of Allegan. I don't know if Jesus can ever be found in the jails of West Michigan. But I just came by to let you know, Jesus is already in those places. The question is not where is Jesus. The question is, where is the church? Jesus was there in Caesarea Philippi, and it's amazing that it was there in this region. It was there in this place of the, of the known world of the time that Jesus asked them this question. He said, tell me, disciples, who do men say that I am? Who am I? We're right now in the middle of a satanic, demonic, filled area. I'm right now in the middle of an area filled with homosexuality and transgenderism. I'm right now in an area filled with people who will say they're atheists and agnostics. But in this area, who am I? Who am I? Church, the only way we will be able to go outside the gates and preach to every creature is if we really truly know who Jesus is. Who am I? And his disciples, they answered. They said, well, some people say you're Jeremiah. Or at least you kind of act like him because you cry a lot. You pray a lot. Jeremiah prayed and cried a lot. Some people say you're like Jeremiah. Some people say you're the reminiscence of Isaiah. Isaiah was a great preacher. You also are a great preacher. Isaiah gave us profound, in-depth, very in-depthness of, of doctrine and, 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 and teachings. And you also very in-depth. Some people say you are Isaiah. And Jesus stopped them and Jesus looked at them and said, now I want you to tell me who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? Who is Jesus to you? Can I say that again? Who is Jesus to you? Is Jesus just another figurine on your banter? Is Jesus just another coin phrase name that you like to say to make you sound holy and Christian-like? Who is Jesus to you? Is Jesus... Just some guy that the pastor likes to talk about all the time? 
Who is Jesus to you? Oh, you see, when I asked myself that very question this week, who is Jesus to me? All week long, I've been, uh, I've been just overwhelmed by all that Jesus is because Jesus is not only my Savior and my Redeemer, Jesus is my provider. Jesus is my rear in the middle of another rear. Jesus is my source. Jesus is my provision. Jesus is my blessedness. Jesus is my healer. Jesus is my all in all. Jesus is my hope. Jesus is my peace. Jesus is my truth. Jesus is my rock upon which I stand when everything else is sinking sand. Jesus is my everything. Jesus is my mercy. Jesus is my grace. Jesus is my wonderful. Jesus is my merciful. Jesus is my, oh come on, I'm preaching to somebody. He's my ancient of days. He's my lion of the tribe of Judah, but I don't have enough courage. He is my courage, but I don't have enough faith. He he is my faith, but I don't have enough boldness. He is my boldness. Jesus is my everything. Who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus to you? And they answered, or at least Peter did. Peter said, Jesus, let me tell you who you are to me. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. In an area and region marked with gods and overwhelmed by demonic spirits, Peter correctly pointed out and said, you are the Son of the living God. Jesus speaks of a truth that means it cannot be dismissed. It cannot be overlooked. It cannot be overran. If it's a truth from the mouth of Christ, it will always be true. And he said, I tell you the truth. Your name is Peter. And upon this rock will I build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. I will build my church on a rock. I will build my church on the rock. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Why should we call, why should we fulfill and finish the great commission of Jesus Christ? Why should we tell others about Jesus? Why should we try to see others come to know Jesus and see if they can be saved? Why? Because we can. 
I don't need a better reason than that. Oh, the only reason I need is Jesus told me so, and I can. I can. Because it does not matter if they don't like it when I say it to their face. Oh, I can. And when the government's trying to stop me, my God shall shut the mouths of the lions. Even when the government's trying to put me out and put me under, I know that the fire cannot burn me or even singe the very hairs of my head. I know I can. I can. I can. Because my my God says I can. My Bible says I can. And so I'm going to tell every single one outside the gates, there is somebody you need to know whose name is Jesus. message today is simple. My message today is short. I didn't came here this morning to give you an in-depth sermon. I didn't came here today to give you a mighty message. Come back next Sunday. Maybe you get one of those. You want a sermon with more scriptures? Come back next Sunday. Maybe I'll have it for you. Today I feel the Holy Spirit so strongly just saying to the church it's time to go outside. It's time to go outside. I can almost hear it in the spirit. Are you ready to go outside church? Are you ready to go outside? It's time. It's time to go outside. It's time to go outside. You've been in lockdown mode. I feel the Holy Spirit say this. You've been in lockdown mode. And under lockdown mode, you've been afraid to even say anything at all. But it's time to go outside. It's time to come outside. Your family has told you to shut up. Oh, am I not supposed to say that in the house of God? Your family has told you to shut up. Don't say nothing about Jesus anymore. But church, it's time to go outside. Your friends have said, I don't want to hear anything more about Jesus. I don't care about Jesus. I just want, if you want to stay my friend, then don't talk about Jesus. I love you. I guess I won't be your friend, but I'm still going to talk to you about Jesus. Sister Karen, can you come? I, I don't know where Sister Karen is, but can you please come? Stand with me in this house. I'm, I'm done. I'm closing. <clears throat> yes. You know, 